want merchandise from the DCTV Podcast Tee Public Store? Record yourself reading the DCTV plugs for Supergirl Radio and you'll automatically be entered into a contest to win an item of your choosing. Here's how you can do it. Record yourself reading our DCTV plugs and email it to supergirlradio at gmail.com. If you don't have a way to record yourself with a microphone or an audio recorder, you can just call us at 678-718-7252 and leave us a voicemail. The entries will be judged on creativity and substance. Make sure your interpretation of the plugs is unique and make sure you include all of the podcasts listed on dctvpodcast.com. If you're chosen as the winner, not only will you be able to select something from the Tee Public Store, you'll also be included as a regular fixture on Supergirl Radio. So, get to training, do your breathing exercises, and get to plugging those podcasts. What's up? This is Makad Brooks. I'm playing James the Bridge Olsen. That's right. And you are listening to Supergirl Radio. Supergirl Radio. Super, 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 Supergirl Radio. Radio, your source for all things related to the CW Supergirl TV series and the character of Kara Zor-El. My name is Rebecca Johnson. I'm Morgan Glennon. And for this episode of the podcast, we are going to discuss the season four episode of Supergirl titled Rather the Fallen Angel. And since we have no news this week, let's get to talking about this episode. So here is the official description for Rather the Fallen Angel. Quote, James falls in deeper with the Children of Liberty in his efforts to meet Agent Liberty. Meanwhile, Supergirl and Manchester Black follow a lead on Agent Liberty's location, but things take a dark turn. Lena kicks off her first set of trials, unquote. That Lena thing was really uh, just uh, slapped on the end there. Yeah, seriously. And it's such a big part of the episode. Also, did you notice who directed this episode? <gasps> our buddy Tico. It's our boy Tico. <laughs> Chad Lowe. Bring in the heat. Bring in the crazy. <laughs> he did such a good job. He did a very good job. Tico, come back anytime. <laughs> yes. Uh, very, very proud. Uh, he may not have made it through Kryptonian witches. Uh, but he's, <laughs> he's done a great job directing episodes of Supergirl. So uh, well done, Tico. Um, so this episode was called Rather the Fallen Angel. And Morgan, when I was uh, watching this episode, my biggest question coming out of it was, who do you think the fallen angel is in the title? Who, who do you think the, uh, the show is talking about? That is a super good question. Um, hmm. Who was the? I, I would say Manchester Black was the fallen angel. I think because he uh, he he hasn't been like 
a super on the up and up guy, but like giving Supergirl over to the Children of Liberty for them to basically just kill just so that he could get to Age of Liberty was not the nicest move. I feel like it sort of like turned a corner. I mean, he's also like shot a whole bunch of people and that's not okay. But like he hasn't like before this, he hasn't hurt anyone we like we like. (laughs) So so, I feel like all the other characters up until now kind of trusted him. Like they didn't really know what his deal was and they knew he had some like a little bit of an anger issue. But like they didn't think he was like gonna like betray them. So I think. Manchester Black was our fallen angel of the episode. Although stuff got dark with Lena. Yeah, uh, there. Th- I think there are multiple ways to read the fallen angel thing. But to to focus on Manchester, since you brought him up, um, I think that's a good way to look at that because he did sort of start with his uh, going after Ahimsa and wanting to be nonviolent, and here he is killing a whole bunch of people and betraying Supergirl. And so this is a, this is a fall for him that he he's betrayed people. He made Jean cry. I mean, there are things that I just, uh, you know, I will not allow. And one of them is making Jean cry. <laughs> yeah. When you make Jean cry, you are officially evil. You have officially crossed that line. Yeah, you have crossed every line we have. And also, correct me if I'm wrong, I was trying to really, f- like, hone in and understand what was going on so at the beginning they mentioned fishing rods which i thought were fishing rods um so i got really confused were they going fishing or was it related to nuclear fission uh i was very confused it would have been better if it was fishing rods like she they're like we got you now supergirl and they throw her into it and it's just like so many fishing rods and she's like i'm helpless against these fishing rods like you don't you don't want to get caught on a hook in a on a fishing rod like that's <laughs> that's real dark. Yes, uh, you'd have to have kryptonite uh, hooks. You would to catch Supergirl to to penetrate that invulnerable skin. Um, yeah, I guess maybe that's the southerner coming out of uh, out of me that uh, you know we drop our G's <laughs> so it comes out fishing. <laughs> um, so I was confused about that because. Uh, so were they trying to create a nuclear bomb and was the nuclear bomb going to blow up Supergirl inside that monument? Was that the end goal? Maybe. I think they were, cre- yeah, they were creating like a, t- a teeny tiny, like a, like a, a little, a little <laughs> nuclear bomb, like L-I-L, <laughs> not little, little, they were creating a little nuclear bomb and it was supposed to like be very highly targeted to just Supergirl, I guess. Uh, because they seem pretty chill with being like, you know, standing distance away from a <laughs> nuclear bomb, which I was like, I mean, you guys, uh, there's such a thing as uh, never mind. <laughs> yeah, I, I didn't fully understand. I had some questions. <laughs> yeah, I really didn't understand that part of the episode. Uh, but I will go with it. Somehow they were going to use that stuff to blow up the monument and Supergirl happened to be inside it, I think. I think that's where I she think was. So. I don't really know. Yeah. I watched it, it a couple times uh, and I was confused. There was some of that this episode where I was like, where is anyone in space and time? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what is? I thought it was just because I was like kind of watching it late and I was like a little tired and I was like, okay, well, like Rebecca will know <laughs> what, how, how they got from this, from this thing 
to this thing. And Rebecca did not know. So I'm glad you know it's like not just me though. No, if anybody has any explanation on the fishing rods, uh, <laughs> let me know because I was really confused. I don't understand uh, the science of mumbo jumbo in this episode. But I think Manchester Black is a candidate for the fallen angel. Um, and, and Lena, of course, definitely. Um, you could also talk about uh, James Olsen, him getting in with the Children of oh. Liberty. <laughs> um, I would probably even throw maybe Supergirl in just in terms of like the visuals. She was chained up and it kind of broke me up a little bit to see her chained and her trying to fly and she couldn't and she she was she was almost like a, a, a chained caged angel, I guess you could say, maybe not a fallen one. Um, but so so I think that um, you know, that imagery mixed in with Benjamin Lockwood saying that she, you know, is Supergirl a hero and uh, blaming her for humanity's problems. Uh, you could even maybe go there with Supergirl. But one of the things that I thought was so cool about this episode, and I'm somebody who I like to try to dig into a story. Like if a story presents itself to me with a whole bunch of layers, I'm in there with a shovel. <laughs> and I'm like digging and digging and digging. And one of the things that I've I've found uh, unsatisfactory about this season is that everything has been very heavy-handed. Like I know what you're doing. I see it. I get it. You know, you have a, a monument that looks like the the arm of the Statue of Liberty on your 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 Ellis Island in the story. I get it. I know what you're doing. <laughs> I mean, subtlety, thy name is not Supergirl, <laughs> especially this season. They're like, what if instead of making it subtext, we just stared at the camera and told you <laughs> exactly what we're doing? That is what they're doing. Would you enjoy that? <laughs> doing it. So I hope so. <laughs> but what I thought was very refreshing and very remarkable about this episode was that there were things that I found in this episode that I was like, ooh, I'm, di I'm digging some layers in here. And it started with the episode title because I was really confused about it because I was like, that has to be a reference, rather, rather the fallen angel, that has to be a reference to something that I don't know. So I started doing a little Googling and uh, I came across this quote that uh, is from Mary Shelley's Frankenstein that says, uh, and this is, uh, this is the creature, the, the Frankenstein's monster, if you will, um, saying this, saying, I ought to be thy Adam, but I am rather the fallen angel. So this is a, is a reference to the quote of basically Frankenstein's creature. Mm. So Frankenstein's creature is the, the fallen angel in that story. Um, so I, I thought that that was really cool. And so uh, since I haven't read Mary Shelley's Frankenstein, I did a little looking into the, <laughs> the old uh, standard uh, when you haven't read a book, uh, Cliff's Notes. Um, so Cliff's, Cliff's Notes on chapter 10 of Frankenstein um, talks about how in those lines where uh, the creature's talking about being the uh, fallen angel, the, the full quote is actually, I am thy creature, I ought to be thy Adam, but I am rather the fallen angel whom thou drivest, uh, drivest maybe, yeah, yeah it's got to be drivest, <laughs> uh, from joy for no misdeed. So um, the, the thing that I pick up there is that we've got an Adam in the episode. There's an Adam in this, um, uh, this reference to Mary Shelley's Frankenstein. Of course, the Adam is 
talking about the Adam from uh, the creation story in the Bible. And it's kind of going back to Frankenstein. You know, Dr. Frankenstein is creating this living thing. You know, it's alive. So um, there is something to connect it back to, I think, uh, Lena and her Adam in this episode. Ooh. So I, so I, <laughs> I thought that was really cool. Layers. Layers. <laughs> I mean, just digging and digging. And even the, uh, the Ellis Island in this episode was named Shelley Island, which, of course, I uh, assume is named after Mary Shelley. So um, uh, there is uh, that connection to the Frankenstein story as well. So I really enjoyed um, that. So I had a lot of I had a lot of questions about Lena Luther. Maybe you can you know help me uh, with some of these things because I think that Adam could also be the fallen angel, but I think Lena may also be the fallen angel. No, she was great in this episode. I thought that her storyline for me was probably the most compelling part of the episode because I was so deeply irritated with some of the James stuff. So I was just like, no, bring me back to the lab. Bring me back to Lena. <laughs> and I uh, I felt like the, uh, the turn at the end of the episode was like so, so dark and unexpected. I feel like I definitely thought it was going to go in one direction and it like zigged when I thought it was going to zag. How did you think it was going to go? I thought that I thought that Adam was going to be like her first successful test subject. I didn't think that he was going to end up dying like like at all. I had like no thought that that was what was going to end up happening. So I was like so shocked at how um, how they did that. And also uh, I liked so much that they had them like build up this sort of relationship in that lab together. And it was uh, such a simple story. Basically, the uh, Lena's entire sub, uh, subplot this episode is just some scenes of the, her talking to this test subject in a lab. But it was so compelling. And we learned so much about him. And we learned so much about her, too. Some stuff that I don't think that we had gotten before about her, like her past and her mo- her actual birth mom. It was very cool. Yeah, so um, talking about Lena Luther as one of the fallen angels, part of her fallen nature comes from when she was four years old. She tells the story of how she watched her mother die and she didn't do anything to help her. Do you, uh, I guess my question to you is, do you think that's a good justification for her possibly becoming evil? Do you think that uh, satisfies that story or do you think that's kind of a cop out? I mean, if the idea is like because she didn't like uh, no CPR as a four year old that she's (laughs) destined to be evil. I think that's uh, such a weird one. We even have a character, Adam, in the show going like you were like literally a baby. Like what were you going to do is you're not going to like go out and Baywatch. Um, but I think that for her, it sort of cements that idea that she's never been a good person and like, she's never lived up to these like ideals that she would have for herself. And so I think that Lena is actually a better person than she gives herself credit for, but she thinks of herself as being like a very morally compromised person, I think. Uh, and I think we can see the beginnings of, of that perspective that she has, in that story about how her mother died. Yeah, I think a lot of it with Lena is her view of herself, um, which which I can identify with on a certain level because I will beat myself up about something. Like if I make a mistake or I do something wrong, 
I will judge myself about that for a long time. Other people may not. Other people may forgive me or let it go. But I I will really harp on myself for a long time about it. Um, And so I think that's kind of what Lena does. Uh, Adam even tries to like reassure reassure her that she's, you know, a good person and she's doing good things. And she's like, "Um, well, first of all, I'm not going to tell you my last name because I'm ashamed of who I am. So I'm going to call you. So you're going to call me by my middle name, even though you don't know that. And um, then she even goes on this whole monologue about how after what happened with her mother, she was sent to the Luther family and she realized that even with all of their crimes and their horrible deeds, that maybe she belonged with them. And so I think she's taken that guilt of what she did even when she was four years old and she keeps going back to that no matter how much good she puts out in the world. Um, So I thought that was especially tragic. She even... I think Lena knows that she can be a good person. She even says that, you know, bad luck doesn't make you a bad person. Bad choices do. So I think she knows that she can be a good person if she makes good choices. But I don't know. I think she's just really self, so self-critical that she's beating herself up about all of that. And I don't know if she can... I guess she can she can beat it if she really wanted to, but I think it's up to her to to choose to do good and to be good. I agree. I, I thought that was it was a nice like dive into her character, um, especially like learning more about where that sort of that sense of guilt and taking everything on herself maybe that started from that that part of seeing her mother die and not being able to do anything about it. It's very tragic. Yeah, and I. I think that some people might look at this as, oh, well, they're just doing this to make her evil. And that's probably true. But I thought it was really clever how they did it because you were talking about not expecting certain things. Well, I wasn't expecting the, the twist of, oh, she maybe has been this way. You know, maybe she's been sort of Luthorian all her life. I didn't expect that at all because I thought they were trying to play her up as, you know, she was introduced as the Luther who was trying to come in and clean up the name and do the good good things in National City that Lex never did. Um, so I didn't expect for them to go back and say, no, she's always kind of been like this. Um, so to me, I think that that's a good way to do it. If they wanted to make her evil, I think they, or at least turn her to a side where she's going to make even uh, more morally great choices, they have, the writers have to find a way to make that work because Lena has become a good character. She's been a hero. She's done good things. And so you can't just go, oh, well, she's evil now because she had a fight with Supergirl. Yeah, exactly. So I think that they were actually pretty smart in what they did here because now they can go back and say, well, She's been kind of like this for a long time. And then, you know, what what happens happens because she's she's been that way all her life. So I, I thought that was actually uh, pretty smart. It was something that I was not expecting at all. Well, um, speaking of Lena, so what did you think? We talked a little bit about Adam, her, her Frankenstein creature. Um, what did you think about her lab tests, um, even though it wasn't successful? Uh, she might have gotten a little bit of information that maybe helps further her, uh, her experiments. So what did you think about all of her, get, you know, getting to see her in the lab doing her sciencey thing? Yeah, getting to see Lena Luther do uh, science is always fun. Um, 
not as fun uh, as getting to see her do it in like a, a formal ball gown or like <laughs> <laughs> or like a, a Miss America pageant outfit. And now, Lena Luther, boardroom or ballroom? I was like, oh, she's wearing like a sensible button down. Like she's like. She's like, this is it. I'm serious. Now I'm doing science. <laughs> Still no lab coat. No lab coat. She doesn't believe it. She's like, listen, it's going to mess up the clean lines of this outfit. And I can't have it. <laughs> but, but I think she might have had closed-toed shoes, which I feel like for her is like real character. That's character progression in in the outfit. <laughs> I do find it a little questionable, though. She's working with this hair and L. It's like this black liquid. What if she got that all over her her white blouses? That is true. Like sometimes I don't even wear like white if I know I'm going to have like pasta that day. Like, <laughs> she is really not thinking ahead. She's like, I'll just buy a new one. I'm a millionaire. And this has been Lena Luther, boardroom or ballroom. My favorite part of Lena as a scientist in this one is when she, you know, she goes and introduces herself sort of uh, to Adam and he keeps asking, you know, where's the scientist? You know, where is he? What, what's going on? And and uh, the the exit of hers where she walks out of the scene and says and says uh, he's like, I, I want to meet the scientist. And she says, you have met him. I'm the scientist. That was so cool. I thought that was a great exit for her. Um, and I just thought uh, Katie did such a good job with everything she did in those scenes with Adam. It was very emotional. She had to uh, really dig deep for Lena's backstory, and she had to play off of him in a way where Lena was trying to distance herself in terms of trying to treat him as a lab subject. But then she sort of gets emotionally involved with this guy. Um, so... What what did you think about her? Um, how how she was kind of let letting herself uh, talk to this. I mean, he's almost a stranger. I mean, she doesn't meet him until he comes in, but she opens up to him. What, what do you think that says about Lena that she's not talking about this stuff to James or Kara, but she she's talking to this this uh, stranger who comes in to uh, possibly give up his life for science. Hmm. Yeah, it's it was really interesting that she was willing to um, talk so much about, like, things that we haven't heard her talked about pe- to people who she's very close to. But I feel like she had, like, a little bit of, like, maybe this won't matter. Like, maybe this... It, thing that I'm very personal thing that I'm telling you won't matter because I'll probably might not ever see you again. It's kind of that thing. I think sometimes it's easier to open up to strangers uh, as opposed to somebody, you know, very well. Uh, But I I did think that they had such an interesting connection to each other, uh, especially because his story was also very tragic with him, uh, with his brother dying uh, to save him. So I thought that that was, it was interesting to see that Lena sort of felt more comfortable telling him these like deeply personal stories than she would, you know, I don't think that James has heard uh, the story about her mom's death before. Talking about Adam and his brother, Adam blamed his, himself for his brother's death saying, you know, that should have been me on the table. I wouldn't have, I wouldn't have given my kidney to him. So I, you know, I should have died instead of my brother. Uh, so I think Adam and Lena, 
had parallel journeys in, in how they thought about themselves and what happened in their families and how they lost someone. So I, I really liked their connection, even though it didn't end up going in the uh, the positive way in terms of Adam uh, making it through the Harnell experiment. But uh, but it was nice to see Lena actually open up and, and talk to somebody about this stuff. And so I'm very curious. Did you, um, Morgan? Did you kind of uh, did you understand the what what Lena Lena called it Nagel's spider in the shower conundrum? Did you uh, did you remember that part of the uh, the scene there? Yeah, I did. I I had never heard of that. Um, I'm not sure what it is like a thought experiment kind of thing before yes so when i was watching the episode when she said nagel i was like oh uh because i you know i'm i try to educate myself and try to you know uh go about learning about things and some scholarly pursuits of mine just on my own time and so i've heard the name thomas nagel haven't studied him much but when she said nagel i was like oh so um it's actually um Technically, the actual uh, thought experiment is called the spider in the urinal. <laughs> so it's a little, <laughs> it's a little different. They modified it from uh, from Thomas Nagel's "The View from Nowhere," uh, from the spider in the urinal to the spider in the shower. But it's th- the same premise, uh, basically. So, so what do you think about that? Should should Lena have uh, moved the spider? Hmm. I don't. Yeah, that's a good question. I thought it was interesting how she picked her research subject was somebody who said that they would just leave the spider alone. And I think that sort of um, goes back to things that we say about Lena all the time, which is why we enjoy her character. and We find her so fascinating to watch is that she is kind of a gray character. She's kind of a gray uh, sort of morally gray person. Um, And I think that like when you hear the spider conundrum thing at first you might think oh well like a a good person would try to save the spider or like a bad person would try to kill the spider uh and she just sort of wanted somebody who was like neutral um and i think that that made sense for like if the experiment had worked and he had gotten superpowers you definitely don't want somebody who's like evil to get superpowers but it could also be bad if somebody who is like a little bit too like into truth and justice gets superpowers and then just with, wants to go off saving everybody. Uh, that could also be a little bit of a challenge because they don't understand their powers or they might end up hurting more people when they're trying to help. So she sort of just wanted somebody who is going to be like a little standoffish and not try to be a hero. I think that the thought experiment was a smart way for her to do that. Uh, but at the end, she did say something about, I move the spider. Uh, and I guess she's referring to the fact that these experiments that she's doing in a way, she's not just like letting things go about as they are, which is, if you would leave the spider alone, she's trying to get in there and do what she thinks is making things for the better. We don't know if that's going to be true, but um, I think that she realized that she, by, you know, taking a, like a step into this whole thing and trying to create this, um, whatever she's creating, like the serum or um, this way to cure diseases that she might 
end up that she's going to end up hurting people in the process. Yeah, Adam, even when he answers the question, uh, when she poses the conundrum to him, he says that, you know, you don't do anything to the spider because you don't know what it wants. So you should just leave it alone. Um, And that's a really uh, interesting way to look about uh, that situation, because you you don't you don't you wouldn't know what the spider wants. You don't know what its intentions are. You don't know what it's going to do. Um, and it is it is quite the conundrum. So Thomas Nagel, the way he looked at it. Um, so in the view from nowhere, Thomas Nagel describes his encounter with a large spider in a Princeton University urinal um, <laughs> from whose gutter it can't ex- escape. So the, the spider's just in this urinal. And through the summer, the spider survives and uh, even thrives, even does really well, despite being, uh, this is kind of gross, but this is the thought experiment, uh, despite it being urinated on more than 100 times a day. Finally, Thomas Nagel takes pity and helps it climb out of the trough with a paper towel. And the next day, he finds the spider exactly where he left it. But the spider is dead. And uh, the, uh, the, the way that this was uh, found on the internet was uh, the way it's written is a little, little TMI. But it says the golden shower turns out to have <laughs> been its lifeblood. Um, so it is, it is a really difficult conundrum to, to think about. What would you do if you were in that position? And I think for Lena, she thought, well, if, uh, if I don't do anything to the spider, um, it'll just be where it is, but maybe I can do something to help the spider. And I think that that's, I think she did exactly um, I think that's kind of what Thomas Nagel did. Thomas Nagel took pity on it and tried to improve the life of the spider. But uh, for Lena, it didn't work out this time. And I, I think that th- that's why she um, says, you know, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, Adam, I moved the spider. Um, so it is really um, sad that that conundrum, even though it was kind of in the spider situation, it's very minimal, you know, no big deal, I guess, unless you're the spider. That's a bigger, bigger deal if you're the spider. <laughs> but for Lena, that was a, a much more realistic thing that she had to make a decision about. And they even uh, consider shutting the, the trial down. So this is something that I, I can imagine that if you're Lena and you have guilt over what you didn't do with your mother, this is going to be even worse for her. Um, so I don't know where this is going to take her in the future. Uh, it seemed like she learned some things through the trial and through the situation with Adam. He did get super, what did she say, extra human powers for... Uh, like four see. minutes, I think, or something let's, like that. He exhibited extra human powers for three minutes and 14 seconds. So she did succeed a little bit. And probably for those three minutes, Adam had the best time. I don't know what his extra human powers were. Let's just let's just believe that they were really cool. I mean, he must have had a great time for three minutes and fourteen seconds. Um, and I think for Adam also. I mean, what what do you think about? I mean, because for me, when I look at that, I mean, that was partly Adam's choice too. It wasn't just Lena doing this to him. He, you know, he wanted to do something good. He wanted the chance to have you know, uh, meaning in his life. So I think it's also partly, you know, it's, it's Adam's choice. He signed the waivers. He agreed to do the trial. So I think for the, the spider in the urinal conundrum, it's, uh, you know, you got to think about the spider making choices too. That's true. That's true. I think, um, 
for a lot of things, sometimes people with the best intentions um, don't always do the right thing because they think that they know what somebody else wants or somebody else needs instead of just asking them. Well, you can't ask a spider, but if you could, (laughs) (laughs) instead you have to assume what the spider wants and you don't know what the spider wants. Maybe the spider was happy in that urinal. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> which sounds gross to us. Listen, we don't want we're not here to judge that spider. <laughs> Live your life, spider. Do, do you do you. You do you, spider. Um yeah, so that I that this whole thing, the spider in the urinal, spider in the shower as the show called it, um the fallen angel stuff. I was just eating that up in this episode. I don't think we've had an episode like this where I was like you know, Googling things and, you know, just dissecting everything like this in a long time. So this, I welcome this kind of writing. The The other, you know, on-the-nose Sesame Street-style theme of the week, maybe don't do so much of that. <laughs> uh, this kind of stuff, uh, the the philosophy, the thought experiments, those are the things that that I get really excited about. So I was really um, pumped about that in this episode. I guess we could talk really quickly about um, Eve Tessmacher. We got some more information on Eve um, about her cousin who is in hospice with uh, metastatic cancer um, and uh, who has two little girls. Um, and that Eve seems to be coming around with Lena, thinking that maybe if Lena can make humans super and level the playing field, it could prevent civil war. So it sounds like Miss Miss Tessmacher <laughs> is uh, is in line with Lena, trying to maybe be more on the side of humans and enhance humans to kind of keep up with the aliens. Yeah, I, I liked learning more about um, about Miss Tessmacher. Uh, because we don't really know much about her besides that she is, uh, brilliant. Uh, but now we know a little bit about her family and, uh, a little bit about her motivations for helping Lena out, which I think was uh, is nice because I like having her around. And I think if you're going to have a character around, you want to slowly sort of, even if it's a smaller character, you want to sort of build out their worlds and their personality and, and let us know more about them. Yeah, I really felt for for Eve when she talked about her cousin in hospice, and I would love to know more about Eve. I think we should get a backstory episode of Miss Yeah, Tessmacher. maybe like let's get that let's get that Eve episode. <laughs> I would be into that. Uh, so that was that was cool to get to see Eve and um, Eve hanging out with Lena and. and talking about the tests and, and making humans super. Um, so we we kind of briefly hit on the James Children of Liberty thing, and I know that wasn't your favorite part of the episode, <laughs> so I'm curious what made you so agitated about it. I just feel like, I think I tweeted this uh, last night or the night before after watching the episode, but I just feel like James has gotten like, real dumb this season <laughs> in like a way in like a way that's I keep going like what's what's going on with James like what what is what are the choices that you're making um he does this whole speech about sort of his reputation and it kind of I I just kept like putting my head to the side like Really, I don't think that, like, I understand that, like, they're framing it as this thing where it's like he's supposed to be protecting his reputation. But, I mean, at the base of it, you're trusting a terrorist organization that there is no 
people in this like monument that they want to blow up and that they have no ulterior motives to what they're doing and uh shocking everyone <laughs> it turns out that it wasn't just blowing up a bill an empty building and it just kind of feels like james honestly what are what are you doing? <laughs> I understand like you're in a bad situation, but like also y- like we spent like a bunch of seasons on you being a vigilante. Like, isn't there some I don't know like way out that you could think of with like your daring do and your smarts? <laughs> like, is is like is doing the exact thing that like this group of like crazy people who want to blow things up wants you to do is, does that seem like the smart choice? It just, it's been so much with him lately. <laughs> yeah, I can understand that. I think his, his, his intentions were noble. He wanted to stick up for his new friend, Tom, who he's grown close to and he's formed a bond with. And I actually really like that because I think it shows, uh, what can happen if you try to understand someone and you try to see eye to eye and you try to find common ground, you can actually form a relationship and be connected with someone else. So I think that's a great example of it. But I agree. I don't know if I I think he wanted to save Tom's life. And he said he would do anything he needed to to save Tom's life. And so that did put him in a situation where he had to go on camera and say only humans belong on Earth and uh, almost pull the trigger to, I guess, blow up Supergirl. Uh, so that's, that does seem to be a little on the not-so-smart side. And I also didn't quite understand the reputation thing because he says, I have not given society one reason to doubt me. <laughs> And I I, I laughed. I was like, you almost went to jail earlier (laughs) this year. Like, come on. The short term, uh, James's short term memory loss is maybe going to be uh, a storyline later this season. Because I was just like, well, I mean, except for that whole part where they were going to like literally throw you in jail. There was that whole thing (laughs) for breaking the law. Uh, yeah, no, I, I think, uh, it's more fair to say that, uh, he's not given society any reason to hate him, but doubt him, I could see that. I could see society doubting him, uh, considering that he almost went to jail. So that stuff I didn't think worked as well. I did like, though, and I was surprised by the fact that James actually conducted an interview. Yeah. One of the few times a journalist on the show, we saw it a little <laughs> bit with Kara and that uh, uh, Amade alien who had been here since uh, the dawn of time and no one seemed to care. Suddenly everyone's really angry about aliens now, 20 years later. <laughs> <laughs> it took them this long to be like, hey, I don't like that these people have been on this planet for a really, really, really long time. (laughs) (laughs) So I did enjoy that James, you know, he sits down with agent, like he is with agent Liberty. Ben Lockwood is in front of him and he comes face to face with him. And he says, I'm prepared to hear your side of the story. I did think that was great because he was going to sit down and maybe get some new information that he didn't have, even though I think by the end of the episode, he came away with no information because he didn't, seem to recognize what these people, the Children of Liberty, what their whole deal deal was. I actually don't think he learned anything by the end of it, so that's a little disappointing. 
But I also was a little mad at him. And of course, he wouldn't know this. He doesn't know that Agent Liberty is Ben Lockwood. But I thought, you know, James, you could have been prepared to hear his side of the story a long time ago. And you didn't. You refused to hear his story. So hindsight is twenty twenty, I guess. But if he had taken the time to hear Ben Lockwood's story, maybe there wouldn't be an Agent Liberty in the first place. Uh, so that I, I was like, "Yay! You you conducted an interview. You behaved like a journalist, and you want you were open minded to listen to somebody you didn't you didn't agree with." But then also, maybe you should have done that a long time ago. Uh, so I did. Uh, I I struggled a little bit with uh, James as well in this episode, but I guess I'm glad he's maybe not in cahoots with the Children of Liberty anymore. That seems wise. I mean, I do kind of understand him coming away from that experience with the Children of Liberty and and not maybe understanding their side of the equation as they literally kidnapped him and tried to get him to murder someone. (laughs) I feel like I would come out of that situation and be like, yeah, I don't care so much. (laughs) Yeah. But I think that, uh, I mean, I do think that he came out of that situation with like, maybe a better understanding of the lengths that that group would go to um, to get their point across. And that is probably an important story for him to tell as well, because, you know, I think maybe some people who would maybe be taken in by their message would then hear like, oh, wait, they wanted to kill Supergirl. And that might be something that would deter people. I don't know. Maybe not. <laughs> but, uh, you know, when, when we're talking little nu- little nuclear blasts, like maybe <laughs> things are getting bad. Um, but, yeah, I just I was a, I was so annoyed with James in this one. Uh, I don't, I don't know. I've been, I've been a little off and on annoyed with him all season, but at least like, it just seems like, I'm not sure what they're, what are, what they're doing with him. I, he's getting more storyline this season, which is good, but he's been a little bit more irritating, which is bad. Yeah. I like that he's getting things to do and he seems to have his own storyline. And it's nice that it's not all guardian too. Like we're getting a little bit of like. James Olson, uh, CEO of Catco, even if like a lot of that stuff doesn't always make the most sense, but like, I just feel like he might have left some of his, his smarts under that death, like, <laughs> <laughs> like his common sense, he maybe, maybe he left that at home, which is obviously under his desk, which I, I, I don't see him forgetting getting it i mean it's not like he can't see it now i mean the desk doesn't have any you know back to it (laughs) so it's all in plain view no excuse (laughs) you could find it under that desk no problem (laughs) uh yeah i i mean i can understand the frustration and i guess uh since uh we're maybe here with james what what did you think because uh you weren't on the podcast when james and lena had that big blow up uh, at Thanksgiving. Oh, yes. What did you think about James, you know, coming to, to L Corp and trying to start over with Lena? How, how do you think that's going to go? I'm not sure. Um, I will say the James and Lena thing to me is still just there. Uh, <laughs> when they when they fought and kind of it didn't I wasn't sure if they had broken up or if they were just fighting around Thanksgiving. But like when they were fighting, I wasn't like no, don't fight. I was just like, oh. 
<laughs> and uh, <laughs> and when he showed up to be like, you know, I I was wrong for be like judging you, and here's some takeout food. And Lena was just like, just leave the takeout food, maybe go. <laughs> <laughs> Which was the right choice. Like, always take free food. Yes. Lena, girl. Uh, but, <laughs> but I was kind of, I felt myself, again, being like, okay. I, I, I'm, I'm so apathetic about them. I don't know if it's the writing. I don't know if it's the chemistry not being there. There's just not a lot to hang your hat on with that couple. There's just... There's just not a lot there. Yeah, I mean, I was I was admittedly a little bit broken up when they had that fight in the hallway because I was like, this is... Well, I was partly broken up, but I was also partly like, this is some good acting. I'm, I'm going to see where this goes. <laughs> <laughs> but... But it was a little it was a little bit tough to watch because I, I think I'd just gotten used to them. Yeah, it's true. It's true. If you just wait around long enough, they'll like grow on you like moss. But <laughs> <laughs> I just I, I just I feel like there are little hints of like something that I could be into interested in in there occasionally. Uh, but there's just it's just not enough to sustain my interest in them. Like I I just want more for them. Yeah, I just, I don't know where that's going to go. Because I think at this point, they don't agree on the definition of love. So where where do you go from that? I don't know. Uh, and also the fact that, uh, you know, Lena is doing secret experiments in her her underground medical bunker. Yeah, that's going to be, that's going to end up being a thing. <laughs> yeah, I think that's going to, when that comes out, that's probably going to be a big thing. Even though she seems to be doing it for good purposes. She wants to cure cancer. She wants to give people superpowers. I mean, there's there's nothing, you know, at this point, nothing real, really nefarious about that, I don't think. Except for the fact that her... Patient died. There's that. Yeah, I mean that's that's a bummer. But everything she's doing is like with a more altruistic perspective. She's not like like oh yes, I can't wait to get all the power for myself. It's it's she's sort of trying to give something back to the world. Now whether that works out or not for her, we don't know. I mean, she might create a a uh, Doctor Frankenstein creature, but you know, I mean, things happen. No big deal. Because uh, she even said something about, like, you know, I'm, I'm not looking for a hero. And I thought, well, what if you create a villain? That could happen. Yeah, exactly. I was thinking the same thing. I was like, you know, you could be making a super villain right now. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm, I'm excited to see what happens with uh, Lena's experiments, even though uh, it's probably not going to go so well when James inevitably inevitably finds out about it. Uh, well, do you have anything else about the episode that you wanted to bring up that we didn't talk about? Um, oh, boy. I feel like we, we spent so much time on Lena, which, uh, yes, of course, that we didn't talk about Manchester Black, I guess. we. I mean, we talked about him a little bit, but, man, he is not nice, and I'm mad at him. <laughs> <laughs> I, was, I was on your side, for a little bit, and then, and then I feel like the downturn was when he put on that Union Jack shirt because it wasn't clear that he was British enough. Like <laughs> <laughs> he was like, "Listen, I've got this accent, and also my name is Manchester, but I need you to know how British I am." <laughs> and he wears it all the time. And he, 
the only shirt he owns. He was like, listen, this is all I have. I lost my fiance and now I'm leaning real hard into being British. <laughs> what, what if he went into into his closet and it's just like all Union Jack shirts? Oh my God. I, I, now I kind of want him to be like super British at least once or twice per episode. Like in the middle of him like fighting somebody, he was like on season one of The Crown. Like, <laughs> <laughs> listen, we can do that that would be that would be enjoyable but i i like the actor so much and i liked the character when he first showed up and his uh this sort of turn he's been kind of turning for a little while but this turn where he's like betraying his, uh, people he's worked with and people who have been kind to him in the past was was hard to watch i think i was i was like no manchester don't do that and when he made space dad cry i was like well that's it you're dead to me <laughs> <laughs> listen you take your union jack shirt and you go you go <laughs> yeah i it was really tough for me to see him betray supergirl because i think she you know she's a character who who wants to see the best in everybody. And she she even, you know, recognizes that Manchester Black has good and bad qualities. And um, she even at one point brings up the fact that she's been thinking a lot about duality and how people can surprise you. And um, so I think she's dealing with that with, with Manchester and having to figure out now what she thinks about him uh, now that he's he's done this to her. And it's been very personal, not only to her, but like you said, to Jean because Jean really stuck up for him and was mentoring him a little bit and trying to help him through his his grief. Uh, one of the things I thought was interesting, though, was that Kara says, I guess people only show you what they want you to see. And she was talking about Manchester Black, but I think that can apply to other characters in the show. And I think it can also um, be in reference to Kara herself. Because isn't that what she does with her secret identity all day? She uh, she only shows people what she wants other people to see. So I thought that that was an interesting look into Kara, even though she was thinking just about Manchester Black. That is very true. So a lot of characters on the show are only revealing certain things about themselves to maybe certain people or only, you know, they're hiding things. Lena's not showing all of her sciency cards to everyone just yet. Um, Kara holds certain things in. Um, even Nia is, you know, it seems like she knows something that's going on with her, but she's not really, she's lying to people about having doctors. So I, I think that that's, that's something that I would, I wish the show would explore, you know, more in terms of a theme of this season if they wanted to go there. But it seems like a lot of people are only, revealing certain things about themselves that they they want people to see. Um, but yeah, so I, what, what do you think is going to happen? At the very end of the episode, uh, Manchester Black rides over to the Steel family factory, the, the Steel, the Lockwood Steel factory. What, what do you think is going to happen there? I don't know. I really don't know. I feel like there's, it's the, the Manchester... And um, Ben Lockwood thing is going to like come to a head um, and is finally going to they're going to clash. And it's almost kind of like I, I mean, I don't I still kind of don't see Manchester as a villain, but he's definitely turned villainous. So it's kind of going to I think we're going to see two 
sort of villainous characters come up against each other where it's going to be hard to be uh, figure out who you're rooting for because both of them have done very bad things. Yeah, with Manchester, it's tough because I think he's a character who's just being really driven by his anger and his his frustration about what's happened to him. So I can understand that anger and that grief, but that doesn't mean you can just go around killing people and doing all that kind of stuff. I, I don't think that's that's justified at all. So I have I have a lot of problems with Manchester Black, but I'm with you. I really like the actor. I think he's doing a great job, um, even with all the uh, the Union Jack shirts he he just seems to wear all the time. I'm wondering if he's doing laundry. Does he just have a lot of them? I don't know. He's really committed to that look. He's like, I love this. <laughs> but but uh, other than that visually, uh, a visual part of his character, I think he's doing a great job. Um, well, in terms of the overall aspects of the show, what, what are your overall thoughts? Did, uh, did you think this was a good episode? Did you hate it? What did you think? I liked this episode. I thought it was pretty good. I, I Like I said earlier, I found the Lena stuff. Um, the most compelling stuff of the episode. I did like the Manchester stuff, though, as well, um, because whether or not we agree with him, which he's not being very nice right now, but I, I think that the the character is really interesting and the actor is really good, so I like it when he's on screen and I like seeing what they're doing with him. Um, the James stuff really, uh, really irritated me, um, and just kind of made me go like, oh, James. <laughs> um, but, but I, I did like that we sort of, um, we sort of see that through his relationship with Tom that like not everybody in this Children of Liberty group are beyond help and beyond redemption, which I think makes what Manchester is doing all the worse because he's not giving anybody a chance to like see the errors of their ways. He's just shooting them. Um, so I think that that, that aspect of James's storyline, I think was, was good. Um, the rest of it was a little bit like, Oh God, James, what are you doing? Um, (laughs) (laughs) and so I did like the Lena stuff. I think for me was what made this episode so interesting and so intriguing. And like, I could just have watched a bottle episode of Lena in that lab, uh, like talking, just talking to people. She could have just been monologuing at an empty wall. I would have done it. (laughs) I would have been down. (laughs) She was great. I agree. I think the strongest parts of this episode were the Lena Luther scenes and and her her moments with Adam for me. And I I I know that some people don't want her to go evil, but I personally kind of do because mm-hmm. I think Katie's really good at doing that kind of stuff. Um, but one of the things that I loved about this episode is that she she has this line where she says she wants to cure everything that makes men weak, and I thought that was so. Luther of her to say so I'm I'm enjoying her her turn to the dark side I guess if you wanted to put it that way Uh, because I do think it's maybe going down that path and I'm I'm really really interested in seeing where they take her from from here because I think uh, this this was a really great Lena Luther episode even though a lot of other stuff happened I think the the Lena parts of it uh, were were what were what really carried it for me so i this this episode really um, did give me a lot to think about and sort of grab onto and and just really dig into to the layers and the the story of it all. So this this was a really nice change of pace for me. It wasn't just all topical material. 
it was uh, it was going back into some classic literature. So that I, I really enjoyed. Well, I, I think that's going to do it for our discussion, but let's find out what our listeners had to say about Rather the Fallen Angel. Um, so we have a tweet from at PattyMello20 who says, the writers made me care more about this Adam kid in one episode than I cared about James in three years. So something is not right. I love Lena so much, and I know what she's doing is unethical, but I don't think she is in the wrong here. This could be beneficial for a lot of people. Hundreds of millions. I like how she's like, listen, I know what she's doing is shady, but like, listen, it's Lena. So like, <laughs> maybe we we just go with it and see how it goes. <laughs> Um, at true underscore just underscore Brian said, uh, James's behavior and attitude is infuriating to all of us, but at least it gave Lena space to pursue some morally ambiguous science. <laughs> uh, so, <laughs> sadly, her subject expired, but I thought the actor portraying him was really bad. Oh, Ouch. <laughs> I don't know. I thought he did a pretty good job. That tweet, like this episode, took a real turn for me. <laughs> I, was, I was sure he was going to say really good, and then it went the other way. <laughs> I don't know. I think he did He did what he needed to do. Uh, at Jesso13 said, lots of new info. The power dampeners and the immigration island thing was interesting. Manchester Black is fun, but he made Space Dad cry and betrayed Supergirl. So now I'm conflicted. <laughs> I love scientist Lena, and she deserves all all the hugs she needs a pep talk from her friend stat uh at zan danny said the least believable aspect of this show was adam the subject not recognizing lena luther between her brother and her running l corp and doing things like unveiling a supergirl statue (laughs) not to mention how many magazine newspaper articles there is no way he didn't know her that's a really good point i when he was like what's your name i was like really you don't know Lena Luther, you, uh, the Lena Luther, excuse me. Well, maybe he doesn't pay attention Do to you the news. Even go here. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, he said he was a high. It seemed like he was a hockey player, so maybe he's just not into keeping up with current events. Yeah, maybe he's just like, for me, it's gritty or bust. <laughs> <laughs> That's a Philadelphia sports shout out. <laughs> <laughs> maybe he is only into sports figures and sports news. And since Lena, we don't know that lena has a super secret life of being some sort of uh athletic superstar he would not have known about her what if you like turned on like one of the episodes they turn on espn and like lena is just randomly on there (laughs) (laughs) that i would uh i would i would buy it you know they have uh for um college game day and college football they have celebrity pickers who pick uh who they think is going to win the games on Saturday. So maybe Lena could do something like that. She could just come on and uh, say her thoughts about a certain athletic event. Yeah, she'd be like, according to my calculations. (laughs) (laughs) Here are the stats uh, that I've been working with to make me make this choice. Uh, Yeah, I'm I'm just going to justify it in my head that he was not somebody who paid attention to the news. Uh, At Danshin underscore Panda said, James willingly aligning himself with the C-O-L, oh, Children of Liberty. Yeah. Yeah. I was like, the C-O-L? What's that? Uh, I can't uh, deal with uh, uh, a What are they called? Uh, mm. (laughs) When you shorten words. God, I almost had it. It was so close. We we need something to help us remember that. Maybe like, is it an acronym? No. Acronym. That's right. Isn't I, it? I get them mixed up. Okay, so an acronym is an abbreviation formed from the initial letters of other words and pro- yes. pronounced as a word. So, yeah, I think it's an acronym. Acronym. 
so I'm bad at those. I'm bad at thinking of the word and I'm bad at reading them and understanding what they are. <laughs> um, so James willingly aligning himself with the children of Liberty, a neo-Nazi terror group, pretense or not, gets to be excused because he was doing it for the greater good. But we still got to think Lena is evil because of her questionable ways. Nice to know men aren't held accountable. Where are your consequences? I mean, I he he was kidnapped. So uh, <laughs> that, that I feel like is a, is a good indication that... That some stuff has gone wrong with uh with your decision making process. But he also did willingly go with them. He sought them out. Yeah, like it's it started as like a as a as a chill interview and then ended up as a light kidnapping. <laughs> 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 Which is not really how you want things to go, but <laughs> I do feel like that 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 was kind of a consequence he to be fair he almost blew up his best friend and that would have really um really been bu- a bummer for everyone yeah, I sure think. yeah uh but i do i do think that he could have at least you know met with the police and given them information on the children of liberty that seems like it would have been a smart choice maybe he did that off screen um he he invited the police over to his house, and they all crawled under the desk, and then he gave them <laughs> each other description. Uh, I'm sorry we missed yeah. that scene. <laughs> um, at SL Fricky said, James is a dummy. They're doing great with Manchester, uh, Manchester as a character. Shelly Island is a dumb name for an alien arrival point. At least call it the Sterling Gates or something. Um Oh my God, how did they miss that? That's an amazing name for an island. <laughs> I would have been into the Sterling Gates. Uh, although I do like the the nod to Mary Shelley's Frankenstein. I think that's all interconnected. But the Sterling Gates. The Sterling Gates. I mean, I love I love the the Frankenstein reference, but now what we could have had. <laughs> uh at VH451 said, Agent Who? This week's not Agent Liberty storyline left me feeling meh. <laughs> except for Car- <laughs> except for Kara's wall climbing scene. I guess they have Wonder Woman on Earth 38. Uh, Katie McGrath's performance was the star this week. Maybe her best moment so far for the entire series. Um, and at Rachel Joy 23 says, don't have as many thoughts on the episode as I usually do. So I'll just say that my heart broke for Lena car climbing. The wall was really cool. I really enjoyed the space fam moments and I am very excited for next week's episode. Uh, at Kaya underscore Matsui said list of people who support Lena more than her air quotes, boyfriend, uh, Cara, Eve, Alex, random trial kid. Honestly, (laughs) honestly, this relationship is so terrible that he didn't even apologize for what he said last week. And why isn't everybody mad at him for all of the children of Liberty shenanigans? Good question. Yeah. uh, Question. uh, Question. I don't have an answer to. (laughs) Good questions all around. (laughs) Uh, At Madtown Davison said this episode is the best evidence yet that Kara is a kind hearted Hufflepuff who desperately needs help from her more Slytherin like friends and family. I could see that. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you want you want to get you're probably going to want to get Lena in there. You're going to want to get Alex in there. They're going to be like, maybe this guy isn't the best. And she'd be like, no, I like his t-shirt, his one t-shirt. Yeah. I think, uh, I think car would Hufflepuffs are very loyal. So I think I could see Kara in that. I did think it was funny. A lot of people were bringing up Harry Potter, uh, sort uh, sorting, 
uh, situations this week because uh, the actress who plays Eve Tessmacher, uh, Andrea Brooks, tweeted that she thought that Eve was a Ravenclaw. Ooh, I could, I mean, and I agree because I could see that. She's very smart. Yeah, I don't think we, I don't think we sorted Eve before when we did no. it. No. But I think I think we should accept her self sort as canon. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I am willing to go with it. Ravenclaw it is. Uh, at Walt six fifty eight said, "I have a theory. I think Manchester is going to kill Agent Liberty and either die or be arrested in the process, leaving the way open for Lex to be the big bad for the remainder of the season." Uh, I don't know that they have um, Lex for the remainder of the season money, but uh, I would love that. Yeah, I don't know what they're gonna. Uh, although I think Lex. I think the main reason my personal speculation is that Lex is coming in to help Lena go to the dark side. I think that's mainly what he's probably going to be doing. Um, but I think that's an interesting speculation that Manchester might kill Agent Liberty. That would be interesting if a if another human killed him and not an alien. So I think that that's, I mean, it's very possible. Uh, at Ness underscore Mark said, hey, super ladies, first time writer with a thought that hit me when watching Rather the Fallen Angel. When James is trapped by the Children of Liberty, I bet he was missing the Superman signal watch. Keep up the great work and thanks for your reviews. Listen, James doesn't even remember he had that watch. <laughs> <laughs> no, no one does. It was part of the season one memory wipe. <laughs> <laughs> the forgotten of Supergirl. We don't speak of that signal watch. <laughs> <laughs> that's a that's a great thought. That's um, a good point. <laughs> uh, we were under the assumption that he wore it all the time. Uh, maybe it was cropped with his it, with his father's camera. Yeah, maybe that's just one of those things that uh, he's not getting back. But uh, thank you, in for writing at Ness underscore Mark uh, for the first time. So that's awesome. Thanks for listening. Well, we have an email from Alex who writes, quote, uh, After this episode, Manchester Black has replaced Ben Lockwood as the big bad of the season. I know Lockwood has terribly misguided philosophies, but he doesn't betray friends and allies like Manchester Black. First, Manchester betrays Supergirl to the Children of Liberty, knowing full well their intentions to kill her. Then he betrays Jean, knowingly and willingly putting terrible pain on him. And he commits these betrayals to further his own selfish needs without the slightest hesitation or regret. He is despicable. And I know the theme of the first half of the season is the destructive power of anger and hate, but I do think the second half will be a redemption for everyone, including Ben Lockwood, Manchester Black, and Lena Luthor, unquote. Uh, that's a g really uh, good speculation. I don't know if everyone will be redeemed. I kind of don't see that happening, but I think some people could choose it and, uh, and remain a, quote, good character. I don't think everybody's going to go full... Uh, Anakin Skywalker. Um, <laughs> so I, I think it is, I think it's very possible. Uh, so we also have some questions from Abby. So her first question was, question one, when Lena says the Haranel, Haranel pro protocol, what exactly is that protocol? So Morgan, do you know anything about sciencey things like protocols? Because I had to do some research. I definitely don't. I, I am not the Lena and or Tess, uh, Miss Tessmacher in this <laughs> in this podcast. So, I, as I understand it, uh, because of the uh, Book of Knowledge, aka Wikipedia, um, a protocol uh, in the in the natural sciences is uh, a quote predefined written procedural method in the design and implementation of experiments. So it's basically, um, I from what I understand, is her trying to come up with a methodology and how to do the experiments. So I think it's just related, the protocol part of it is just her trying to nail down 
um, how how her cure or how her experiment's going to go, if that makes any sense. Um, the Wikipedia entry also said that detailed protocols also facilitate the assessment of results through peer review, which I thought was funny because what if Lena was like, okay, I've got my cure, I've got my super-powered serum, I'm ready to go, now i got to get it peer-reviewed. That's what made me laugh thinking about that. Is she going to submit it to a medical journal <laughs> and have it peer reviewed? I hope that that's just like a, a big storyline of the season where it like after she like comes through with her breakthrough, she's like, listen, I would I would love to like just get this out there. But I've got like two or three years of like red tape and like <laughs> peer review. <laughs> and then every season we just see it get a little closer and closer. It's like, oh, oh, a scientist just reviewed it. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> and she has to make presentations. It's a whole thing so many presentations <laughs> uh so a uh, question two in the end what did lena mean when she said she moved the spider is she thinking that if she never picked adam for the trial he would still be alive or did something else happen after she injected him yeah i i think it's um the uh former where she thinks if she never t- if, if she didn't take adam in for the experiment he would still be alive and he would not have had to go through all of that. So I think that that's what she meant when she she said that she was sorry she moved the spider. Yeah, that's what I saw too. I I thought that she was she was thinking, you know, by by trying to do this thing that she thinks will ultimately be helpful, she moved the spider and 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 hurt Adam, clearly. Yeah. RIP Adam. You were a good guest character. (laughs) Uh, Question three. Regarding Lena's background story, she said she was at a family event at a lake. Does that mean Lena has a whole other family besides the Luthers? What do you think about that, Morgan? Do you think she might have some biological family members somewhere? I have to be controversial and say that, like, (laughs) because I've watched so much television, if you don't see a body, I don't don't know if I believe you're dead. (laughs) Like, what if? Her mom faked her own death Mm. and she shows up later this season. She was like, I just held my breath for a really long time. (laughs) And I had I had scuba gear hidden in that lake and I was ready to make my escape because um, wasn't so Lena is Lionel Luther's biological daughter right yes she is the child of the biological mother in Lionel yes so what if she was just trying to get away from Lionel. And then did it in like a really terrible way, therefore traumatizing her child forever. (laughs) She was like sleeping with the enemy styles. Yeah, she was like, surprise, I faked my own death. (laughs) (laughs) Listen, I watch a lot of really soapy dramatic shows and that is where my brain goes like first and foremost. Dead parents are never dead on television. That's that's what I've learned. It's it's possible. I, I could I could see it happening, especially with the Lionel angle. The only thing is uh, that would change Lena's arc dramatically. I think if oh, she knew her mother was <laughs> alive and she didn't blame her her four year old self for uh, being a psychopath, I think that would change her arc. <laughs> I I also think like if there are other family members and there was this was a family picnic or something, like why didn't anybody else like run in to try to save her mom like? Is the whole family, like, just a little bit messed up? (laughs) Is that, like, what? Uh, Yeah, it's a a good question, though, because, like, if she's at a family event, and I'm assuming it's not a family event, like, with the Luthers, because I don't imagine the Luthers as being a very, like, 
outdoor picnic kind of people. No, no, no. Why didn't any of them take her and like adopt her? Why did she end up with uh, the Luthers? Yeah, that's a really good question because adults should have been the ones to go and try to help the mother. And also, did nobody want to take this little girl in? Uh, Maybe she didn't have a lot of family. Maybe it was just her mom and some other people. I don't know. We don't know that she had siblings. Uh, We don't know anything about her grandparents. Would her grandparents still be alive? There, I mean, there might be some relatives out there somewhere that we don't know of yet. Does Lena have some, like, long-lost relatives that we haven't seen yet? That could be a, a, a juicy story if they wanted to... To pull that thread, maybe she has an aunt or an uncle who show up um, who have some sort of connection to her mother. And I don't know, then it opens up some kind of storyline. But yeah, I mean, that's a good point. If she was in a family event, where are the rest of her family? Uh, Question four. When Lena refers to Adam as subject 0331, does that have an, uh, does that have a, a significance or meaning? Was that an Easter egg of some sorts? Uh, so Morgan, do you remember in Smallville when? Oh, I sure do. Thirty-three point one. Yeah, he had he had a he had a secret floor called level thirty-three point one, where he stored and studied metahumans. Uh, so some people believe that uh, sub- subject zero three three one is a reference to Michael Rosenbaum's Lex Luthor on Smallville. Uh, and his level 33.1 experiments, which I think would be a cool uh, reference because it's sort of the same thing where Lena's experimenting on people, uh, trying to get them superhuman uh, abilities, and Lex was experimenting on metahumans and people with abilities. So I I think it lines up. Uh, Question five. Where is Manchester Black getting all his tech, like the device that block that blocks empaths from? That's a good question. Such a good question. That one, that one, even I was like, wait, what? <laughs> we know that he was like buying guns at one point. He was he was getting weapons from someone. I don't know where he got this empathy ampl- amplifier. That was that was new tech. Um, I, I thought it had something to do with Fiona because Fiona was an empath, so I didn't know if maybe. I don't know why she would have that, though. Would would Fiona have used an emp- empathy amplifier? Good questions all. <laughs> we don't have answers to a lot of them, but um, no. <laughs> we're glad that you asked because now that uh, now I have questions. Uh, well, we have an email from Erica who asks, how do you think the season will continue if Lex Luthor is coming into play soon? Are they going to team up or are they closing Agent Liberty's storyline and bringing in Russian Kara with Lex to close the season, unquote? So, Morgan, what do you think about that? How do you see Lex coming into play. I suspect that Lex is going to be a special guest star who will show up in like an episode and then, um, and then be gone. Uh, I don't think he's going to be a big part of the rest of the season. I could be wrong. Um, but I do think that they are closing out Agent Liberty's storyline. I feel like that's starting to wrap up and come to a close. And I suspect that uh, Red Red Daughter Kara is going to be a bigger part of the back end of the season. Yeah, I don't see them dragging Agent Liberty all the way to the very end of the season. But we have seen in the past with uh, Lillian Luther and then Queen Rhea and then even with 
Rain and Selena and the Kryptonian witches and all of those characters, they do seem to connect the big bad from the first half of the season to the big bad of the second half of the season. So I think it is possible that Agent Liberty somehow connects maybe to Russian car or maybe connects to Lex at some point. I could see them trying to tie those two things together. Uh, so that's very possible. And I, I'm I'm sort of with you. I I don't see Lex becoming uh, a big bad. I don't think he's going to be a main villain for the second half of the season. I do think at the most we might get a couple of episodes with him uh, trying to, I guess sort of, you know, real Lena into the dark side where he is. Um, but that's that's kind of where I see that heading. But yeah, I think uh, Red Daughter Kara, she, she's coming. She's still, <laughs> she's still down there punching walls, training, doing her thing. Punching so many walls. <laughs> so she is just, she's getting ready for that second half. She, her time is coming. Um... Elizabeth wrote in with a question about Lena's past, asking, Supergirl is finally diving into Lena's past. How far do you think they will go? Might they be willing to go as far back as flashbacks? Maybe they'll even explain how Lena's biological mother met Lionel Luther and how the whole affair went down. I wouldn't be into that. I would love some flashbacks. I feel like we don't get enough flashbacks on Supergirl. Let's start flashing back. Let's start going. Let's start going into the past. I think flashbacks help connect me more to a character than if you just tell a, a present day storyline because I can understand more about who this character uh, is, where they came from. So I I would love to see uh, Lena's biological parents and how they met and what her connection to Lionel is. I, I think that would be really cool. So I'd be down for that. Leslie wrote in with some thoughts on Lena, writing, quote, Lena needs psychotherapy to help her excise her demons and the guilt she has been carrying around for decades. We learn that in episode three that Lena puts her feelings in a box and then buries them very deep. That's not a healthy way of dealing with inconvenient emotions. I didn't understand why this guilt issue is coming up now. At first, I thought Lena was talking about her relationship with Supergirl. It, it would have been better for Lena to open up to an expert or a true friend in James or Kara as opposed to this stranger, Adam, unquote. I don't know. I sort of saw the complete opposite. I think she was freer to talk to someone she didn't know than it was to talk to a close friend of hers because she wouldn't have felt judged. So I think it made all the sense in the world that she would open up to Adam and I did, I don't know about you, Morgan, but I did initially when she said that she uh, lost someone who was a hero to her, I did think she was talking about Supergirl. I thought so, too, at first. And I was like, oh. <laughs> so um, that, that, was, that was very interesting. I think they intended that to seem like it was her talking about Supergirl. That's, that's my speculation that that was... The writer's intention. They're tricking us. <laughs> uh, Daryl wrote us an email saying, I hate how isolated the show keeps Lena. It often feels like she is on a different show that just happens to share the same hour. I love the Lena Luther hour. Oh, man, I would watch that show. <laughs> uh, no, I don't, I don't mind that she has been sort of doing her own thing this season just because if she's got her own storyline she gets a lot of screen time <laughs> so and she's a, such a such an, a fascinating character so i i like that i like that she's kind of been doing her own thing this season yeah and she's not she's sort of connected to the more topical 
storyline a little bit because she's dealing with the humans versus uh, aliens um, debate that's going on, but she's a little bit more removed from it. And I like that. It feels fresher. It feels more original in terms of story because I, I think that the more topical stuff is ripped from the headlines and they're just taking what's actually happening in our real world and then just making Ellis Island, Shelley Island and making, you know, certain factions, the children of Liberty or, you, you know, they're, they're just sort of inserting things. So it doesn't feel like it's an actual story, but the Lena stuff feels like a story they're telling. I don't know if that makes any sense, but to me, I think that's what sets the Lena stuff apart is that it feels like they're actually creating something instead of just putting pieces on the board where they want them um, in terms of news stories and, and headlines. So that's that's why I like the Lena stuff is it's, it's very removed from all that. So it's very refreshing. Uh, well, we have a voicemail from Jordan. Hello, Supergirl Radio. This is Jordan Valdez calling in about the latest episode, which I absolutely loved. Um, a lot of great Lena stuff in this episode. Like, I loved uh, all her interactions with Adam, and uh, there was some super exciting developments there. Uh, really, I feel like this season we are seeing uh, Lena really take a lot of steps in her descent into villainy, uh, which I'm loving seeing uh, in a tragic way. Um, the super big reveal in this episode of uh, what really transpired with her mother's death um, I loved getting that. It reminded me a little bit of the Smallville episode Memoria, where you finally find out uh, the truth behind uh, how Julian died. So uh, similarly to uh, how that was a pivotal moment uh, sort of on Lex's journey on Smallville, I see this episode as a pivotal moment in Lena's descent uh, into villainy uh, on Supergirl. So uh, thought I'd call that out. Uh, I also want to point out, because I forgot to mention it on my last voicemail, uh, the brainy fight scene to the opera music last episode. It, 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 there's another small of a connection there because it reminds me a lot of all the iconic Lionel Luther uh, opera scenes uh, from Smallville. So I thought I'd point that out. And also that's a perfect transition for me, uh, talking about uh, that super cool brainy fight scene from last episode into, uh, I want to say, I continue to love Manchester Black's fighting style. Like, it is so entertaining to watch. I love it. Um, so there's my segue there. And then uh, the final thing I want to mention is uh, David Harewood, uh, his final scene in this episode. Uh, wow. Like David Harewood, he always kills it as Martian Manhunter, especially in the more emotional scenes. And I think that was one of his strongest um, where he's talking about, you know, he made a mistake with Manchester Black and uh, he realizes that he killed all those people. And uh, after Manchester Black had made him feel sort of the pain uh, from all those deaths. So, uh, yeah, absolutely love that scene. Uh, can't wait to hear y'all's thoughts on this episode. Kalana forever. Talk to y'all later. Bye-bye. Before we wrap up our feedback, we have some snap judgments uh, sent in by our listeners. All right. Are you ready? I am ready. Let's do this. In the game of snap judgments, each person is presented with two options, but must only choose one. First instincts are recommended and explanations are unnecessary. Our first snap judgment is from at C Rose B and they ask Manchester Black's armored breastplate or James Olsen's shield. I'm going to go James's guardian shield. Yeah, I got to go guardian shield too. Like 
it's cooler and it comes with a cool bracelet. Yeah, you can wear it anytime, anywhere. Yeah, it, it comes with some jewelry, so I'm, <laughs> I'm down. Uh, <laughs> um, from John, we had our annual sexual harassment training at work and it made me think about Supergirl Radio. First <laughs> off, John, how dare you? <laughs> um, okay, that may have come out wrong, he goes on to say. What I meant to say was it made me think of two of my favorite parts of Supergirl Radio, Snap Judgments and Lena Luther, boardroom or ballroom. Okay, so his uh, so the Snap Judgment is if Lena was attending Catco sexual harassment training what would she wear <laughs> a sensible business suit or a slinky dress that shows off all of her assets uh i mean i feel like i feel like in my heart and in my soul i know that there would it would be shoulderless <laughs> like her shoulders would be out uh it would probably be low cut because it would have to be inappropriate for the setting mm -hmm. so i feel like a sexual harassment training <laughs> she's gonna come in uh something that you would wear to the club <laughs> <laughs> and like really heavy makeup like really heavy eye makeup <laughs> yes a bright red lipstick bright red lipstick heavy eye makeup Maybe there's glitter somewhere where there shouldn't be <laughs> glitter. Like maybe there's glitter everywhere. She's just kind of a disco ball and she walks in and she's just like, guys, we have to be appropriate. <laughs> uh, yeah. So I guess you're going slinky dress. Oh, definitely. Yeah. I think, I think the answer is slinky dress. Uh, yeah. I don't, <laughs> I don't see her actually uh, uh, going by the rules. Um, at the sexual harassment training seminar at CatCo. Um, but now it makes me wonder if they have things like that at CatCo. I feel like they, they must. I mean, it's it's a it's a some sort of organization. <laughs> it's it's a question mark question mark media company. So <laughs> they have to have some. I mean, if we ever got that Pam from HR episode, we've been begging for. We would know. Yes, uh, if uh, if we could see more about the inner workings of the DEO and the inner workings of CatCo, uh, I'd be into that if we could learn more about uh, what they do day in and day That's out. That's right. Pam from HR is in the DEO, isn't yeah, she? Yeah, she's, she's DEO HR. I, I feel so shamed that I that I am uh, mixed up my Pam facts. <laughs> get, you, get your Pam facts straight. Um, but now that makes me wonder, who's doing the HR at CatCo? Oh, God, what if it's James? What? How can he do it? He can't do everything. It does seem like he's doing everything. And doesn't it feel like they're always at CatCo? Like uh, James and Carr had that scene in this week's episode where it felt like it was 10 o'clock at night. Yeah, I feel like they need to have somebody who's just like, it's inappropriate that these people are working these insane hours. Like they have to go home sometime. Yeah. I bet CatCo is like the kind of company that like provides you free bagels uh, and free lunches. They have a snack cart. And like nap pot. And they just expect <laughs> you to sleep in those nap pods. They're like, well, uh, it's okay that you're working until 10 o'clock at night because we gave you that taco for lunch. <laughs> <laughs> That's how this works, right? Yeah, they've, they've got a, a volleyball court somewhere. <laughs> yes, that, you, that you'll never have time to actually use. <laughs> yeah. I could see it. Um, so we have some snap judgments from Abby. She says, cars leftover turkey pot pie or... John's takeout wings. Ooh, Cara's pot pie. Uh, what are we talking about? The pot pie that she brought to Manchester, or the one she burned in the oven? I feel like we got to be talking about the one she brought to Manchester. Although a big part of me hopes it was the same one. <sighs> 
Like she burned it and she was just like, this is what I'm going to do. Wrapped it up in foil and gave it to Manchester. This, this is my peace offering. Maybe that is the moment when he decided he was going to uh, betray her. <laughs> <laughs> then made him turn on her. Is that she brought him uh, burned up a pot pie. Uh, I, if, if that is the case, if we're talking pot pie that she burned in the oven that she cooked four times, I'm going to go take out wings. While turkey pot pie does sound good, I saw the I saw the the black char <laughs> of that, so I'm going to go take out wings as well. Okay, uh, this one is uh, real sad. Lena watching her mom die, or Kara watching her planet explode. Abby goes on to say, "Don't hate me. I know it's awful, but there are two great background stories. If only they could talk about it together." Um, mm. I'm very attached to Kara and her origin. So I'm going to say Kara watching her planet explode. Yeah, I got to go watching her planet explode. It's like the Lena watching her mom die is so sad. But there's watching a planet explode is very cinematic. Mm -hmm. It's a classic for a reason. Yeah. Uh, Lena making kryptonite or experimenting with the Haranel. I really liked the experiments with the Haranel this week. So I'm going to go with that. Yeah, I'm going to go Haranel. I think, I mean, kryptonite is so passe. It's like so last season. (laughs) Anybody can make kryptonite. Anybody can make kryptonite. Uh, as we've seen from all of these superhero shows where the kryptonite seems to grow on trees. But Haranel, like, that is that is a Lena Luthor uh, exclusive. Yes. Yes. <laughs> um, okay. Lena, Lena in her button-up lab outfit or last season's DEO black sweats. Uh... I, I, I like the, the D.O. black sweats. They look very comfy. Uh, but I like what she's been uh, working in the, the lab. The, the pants. She has some really cool pants that she's been uh, going with. So I'm going to go lab outfits. Yeah, I'm going to go lab outfits, too. She's like, she's rocking like a nice wide leg pant. Mm-hmm. Not a lot of people can pull that off. And like, she is really doing it. And she is doing it, doing it right. So I'm going to give her her lab outfit. <laughs> it's also it's also slightly more appropriate for the lab than what she had been wearing <laughs> yes, previously. Yes. So I feel like that's character development. Um, <laughs> so we have a couple of snap judgments from Danae. Uh, first one is, who would you like to go on a double date with? Lena and James or Nia and Brainy? I know this is an unpopular opinion, but I would go on a double date with Lena and James. Hmm. This one is tough because I feel like L- Nia and Brainy would be more fun but man you would be way more interesting than lena and james like (laughs) you and your significant other would be crushing it interestingness wise (laughs) against them so i guess if you're looking at it as a competition you want to go lena and james as all good double dates are (laughs) i think with lena and james there would be some really interesting dinner conversation uh, that I think would turn into maybe a fight later. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. You also have a good possibility of watching a really uncomfortable couple fight, which, like, <laughs> if you're on a double date, part of you is in for that, too. So, <laughs> so I'm going to go Lena and James, even though I do feel like a Neonal Brainy date would be adorable. Yes. But you would have to eat some really weird food, so I don't mm-hmm. know that I could do that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> At least Lena and James would take you out someplace nice. <laughs> That's true. They could afford it. Um, okay. If you if you would take Lena's drug once it works, which power would you want to get? Flight 
or super hearing? Uh, flight. Oh, yeah, totally flight. Like, I don't want to hear what people say about me when I leave the room. <laughs> Are you kidding? You can My fragile ego can't take that. <laughs> um, okay, if there was a spider stuck in your shower, would you save it, kill it, or leave it alone? I think this thought experiment really depends on how big this spider is. <laughs> so true. I don't I also don't I don't understand why there isn't an option for cry point at it and scream <laughs> and run is, away which is how I deal with all bugs <laughs> um yeah if if it's a if it's a big spider I'm calling my bug man uh <laughs> I'm calling a professional to deal with that if it's a little spider um you know, it's either kill it or just let it roam free. Just maybe it'll leave. Maybe it'll go out of my house. Maybe it'll make that choice to go. So you're going the Lena Luther route. I'm I'm hoping that it has a, a destination that's away <laughs> from my shower. I thought you were gonna say a destiny, and I was like, <laughs> I like I just like mentally imagined this like superhero spider with like a little cape, and it was really cute. It's like bring bring destiny's calling. <laughs> destiny's calling. I must away. <laughs> Which makes it even worse because my answer is I would kill it. I would kill it so <laughs> I listen. I love all the creature, all of God's creatures. I love all the creatures of the earth, but I don't like spiders, and they shouldn't be in my house. You know what? They are not welcome. I didn't invite you in. Did I invite you in? No. <laughs> <laughs> I make one exception, and it's for ladybugs because they're so cute. I just like I let them out the window, but every other bug, <laughs> they're gone. They're goners. <laughs> I think realistically, I would kill it. Uh, but I do in my idealistic view, I, I would want it to roam free. Go do your go do your thing, spider. To find its destiny. But also, it depends on how big the, the spider is. <laughs> that's true. That's true. It really hangs on the, the size. No judgments on your snap judgments. All right. Well, I think that's going to do it for our thoughts and feedback on Rather the Fallen Angel. If you, you would like to contact Supergirl Radio, you can post a comment on our website at supergirlradio.com. If you'd like to email us, do that at supergirlradio at gmail.com. If you'd like to leave us a voicemail, you can call us at 678-718-7252. Make sure to write in a call before Tuesdays at 6.30 p.m. Eastern. Uh, if you would like to follow us on social media, like us on Facebook and follow us on Twitter and Instagram, all at Supergirl Radio. You can listen to us on Google Play, iHeartRadio, iHeartRadio, and on Spotify, where we have a playlist that includes music featured on the show. We've been updating that throughout the season, so we've got some new uh, tunes on the playlist. And uh, we are listed on DC's fan page, which you can find at dccomics.com slash dc-fans. And we are available on Apple Podcasts and Stitcher Radio. So if you have some time, we encourage you to give us a rating and write us a review. And a big thanks to Apple Podcast user, yeah, boy, uh, for <laughs> writing name. Uh, for <laughs> writing us a review. We really appreciate that. Uh, Supergirl Radio is part of the DC TV Podcast Network. So if you also like... Arrow, The Flash, Legends of Tomorrow, iZombie, Black Lightning, Krypton, Titans, Batwoman, and classic DC TV shows. You can subscribe to DC TV Podcasts on Apple Podcasts and follow at DC TV Podcasts on Twitter and like DC TV Podcasts on Facebook. Uh, you can also find our Tee Public store. Listen, it was just 
Black Friday. It was just Cyber Monday. I get it. Your wallets are empty, but also you want to buy more stuff. I understand <laughs> that too. I've bought too much stuff. Go on to the T Public store. I might have bought some stuff from the T Public store <laughs> on Cyber Monday. I I have no regrets, and you won't either. You can find you can find the link on our website. Yeah, go to super supergirlradio.com and you'll find find the link to the T Public store at the top of the page and. Uh, don't worry if you miss the sales and you're like, ah, I don't get the discount. There will be some more sales. So just pay attention to our social media, uh, usually with Twitter, but uh, you'll you'll see it on Facebook as well. Um, so there are more sales coming up. And uh, I won't be able to participate in this, but I think Morgan is. Uh, there's, I will be there. There's going to be a, a DCTV podcast, a uh, big live uh, show on the Elseworlds crossover that's happening on December 12th at 9 p.m. Eastern. You can either download the Mixler, which is spelled M-I-X-L-R, uh, smartphone app that will also, it'll notify you when they go live, or you can just uh, hop on a browser and type in mixler.com slash podcasts with an S, and that'll take you to the chat room. Uh, it will be a good time. I'm very sorry I'm gonna miss it. I'm actually going to be out of the country that night. I'm gonna be on a plane as you all are chatting. So uh, I am sorry I'm going to miss it, but that's going to be a lot of fun. So uh, uh, hop in that chat and join everybody as uh, they talk about the uh, crossover that looks very good. Yeah, we're going to miss you on the uh, on the Mixler. Yeah, that's, uh, that's always a fun time. Uh, to get everybody together, I think uh, the ladies from the Bat the Batwoman podcast are going to be there. Um, they just dropped their first episode, so I think they are excited to finally get to talk <laughs> more about Batwoman with the uh, crossover and her introduction. So it's going to be a good time. Uh, well, if you want to follow me, you can do that on Twitter at Derby Kid. I'm I'm slowly getting myself back into Twitter. I decided I would take a hiatus, and then I was like, well, I'm going to kind of tweet a few things. So then I kind of gave up on my hiatus. So I think I'm kind of fully back on Twitter, but still trying to back off of it. Um, but you can also find me on Twitter, uh, on Instagram, at the Derby Kid. Uh, I'm also a contributor to JLU Podcast, which you can find over at jluniverse.podomatic.com. Uh, we've got some more uh, Justice League stuff coming up. So if you are into that, into the DCEU or the DC Films, uh, the cinematic universe, uh, you can check that over there. And you can find me on Twitter and also the Instagrams um, at Mojotastic. That's M-O-J-O-T-A-S-T-I-C. You can also find me as a co-host on the Legends of Tomorrow podcast. We are recording all kinds of days and all kinds of times <laughs> <laughs> because Amy is once again in a uh, local production. Uh, she is doing all kinds of theater. So we have to work around uh, her rehearsal schedule a little bit, but also the rest of us are also terrible with schedules. Uh, we all have that in common and it's why we're friends. Uh, <laughs> but we should be dropping an episode, I believe, this week on Maybe Thursday or Friday. So if you love Legends of Tomorrow, and I know you do. I know you personally. I know you love Legends of Tomorrow. So you should listen to the Legends of Tomorrow podcast. But even if you don't love it. <laughs> but even if you don't. But you still want to keep up with what's going on like I do. You want to be kept current. You just want to be aware just in case you need to know things about Bebo or about, you know, what's what's going on the Wave Rider, whatever time they're in. 
you can just listen to the Legends of Tomorrow podcast. They'll they'll tell you what's been going on. You don't have to watch the show. You can just listen to the podcast. It's like Cliff's Notes, only like with more inside jokes. You'll love it. (laughs) All right. Well, um, I think that's going to do it for our episode on Rather the Fallen Angel. But until next time, I'm still Rebecca Johnson. I'm still Morgan Lennon. And remember that no vengeance is worth your soul. (laughs) 